Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1124 of the Juice Box Podcast. Ethan and his ex have a 14-year-old daughter who was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when she was 11. Today, I'll be speaking with Ethan to learn more about his daughter, who's very athletic, plays volleyball, and spends her time 50-50 between her mom and dad's house. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. Don't forget to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. All you have to do is use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. That's JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% at CozyEarth.com. When you place your first order for AG1 with my link, you'll get five free travel packs and a free year supply of vitamin D. Drink AG1.com slash JUICEBOX. If you're not already subscribed or following in your favorite audio app, please take the time now to do that. It really helps the show. And get those automatic downloads set up so you never miss an episode. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G7, made for all types of diabetes. Dexcom G7 can be used to manage type 1, type 2, and gestational diabetes. You're going to see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar right on your receiver or smartphone device. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. I'm Ethan. I am a uh, proud parent of a type one um, athletic daughter who's uh, 14, getting ready to start high school. Again, very athletic. Uh, she's a, a great volleyball player. Um, and uh, this is our, we're embarking on our third year of this new lifestyle change of diabetes. Ethan, she was diagnosed when she was 11. Yeah, she yeah. went into DKA um, in September 2020. 2020, wow. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, tell people what you said before we started recording. Oh, <laughs> that this was about a year ago. I remember seeing something on Facebook posting. Um, I think there was like three questions uh, more like along the lines of, if you know, being a parent of. But I don't remember the gist of it, honestly. So I tried looking it up. I'm like, okay, well, let's just do this. This is a, a diabetic uh, podcast. So let's go for it. But yeah, I don't really remember the, That's the, fantastic. the context of it. The schedule is so far out in the future that... So here's what ends up happening. is I start getting pressured around this time of year, like mid, mid-July, August. And people are like, I want to be on the show. I want to be on the show. I'm like, all right, well, uh, my schedule's full. Like right now, Ethan, if you signed up to be on the show today. I think I don't have an opening until third week of January. February is almost full already. So wow. that that's the situation we find ourselves in. And so because people are trying to jump on the schedule because it fills so quickly, their length of time to be on the show, like just to record, is 
sometimes a it's sometimes it's a year after you sign up and then six months after that for your episode it takes 18 months to hear your voice on the podcast basically <laughs> oh wow really okay so that's okay i was gonna i was actually gonna say that to the end like when when would you expect to have this run but no your okay. daughter should be able to listen to it at her wedding i think for sure so <laughs> <laughs> and i've tried a couple of things to pair it back like i've stopped i'm like oh, i'm not gonna take any more like you know recording for a while and then I just, the emails keep coming. I want to talk about this. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. We should, we should talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to have to start putting out episodes twice a day. <laughs> yeah. To keep up with it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I appreciate you keeping the uh, appointment, even though you were half not sure what it was about anymore. <laughs> anyway. Like I said, I just remember seeing it and it was, I responded to you and then it was a schedule. And yeah, you know, a year later, here we are. Great. I have to say it was a fast year. It helps you realize that life moves by too quickly. Yeah, so. exactly. All right. So your daughter is diagnosed at 11 years old, 2020 in DK. Now, my question is, did you see it coming or did it completely surprise you? It's a great question. Actually, around this time, um, 2020, she started to um, to drop some weight. And but, you know, it's one of those things that we, you know, um, uh, her mom and I kind of chalked it up as she's going through a growing spurt mm-hmm. type thing, you know, and, but keeping an eye on it. And what, what happened was the night before she actually went into DKA or uh, about a week or so, but definitely the night before I started noticing that she was drinking a lot of water and the afternoon uh, before she went in, um, this was a, this was a Monday evening. We went to uh, grab something to eat, and as we're waiting for our food, I had ran over to the to the to the grocery store next door, and she asked me, "She's like, what's going on?" I'm like, you know, I need to stock up on water. You're drinking like a fish, mm. you know. And she, uh, we got home, we ate. She actually ate more than she out ate me, which you know sometimes that can be easily done, but not really. And I was like, yeah. wow, you know. And I, but again, I was watching her it's like this weight again thinking because she did have like this this uh crazy growth spurt in there too as well and then um that night when she was going to, to bed i had actually told my mother uh um i had said you know i think she's diabetic she's like when i go she's drinking that this water i'm just like there's just something that's not I, i'm kind of getting a strange sense that i think i think she needs to be checked mm-hmm. And then that next morning, um, I was actually, uh, I worked from home and I was, I was working and, and I wouldn't check on her. Um, cause she was, she was just starting home cause this was COVID still, this was still during the pandemic. So she was homeschooled. So she wouldn't get online for another few hours, like at least another three hours by the time I was up. So I would, uh, so there was some gap and, um, luckily, you know, grandma was available and had, went to go she was actually leaving for work but something held her around that day that morning and went in her room and had seen that she actually had gotten sick and then that's where i was just like i just kicked into i have to take her in you know not you know chalking up with a stomach bug or anything like that i'm like she has to go in so at that point um when she got to the er which was during the pandemic was kind of difficult to get her in as well because it was like you know is it covid like that this is 
I, I would, COVID was so far away from my mind at that point. I was, and I don't have any experience with diabetes, um, uh, but it was just that instinct there. Yeah, what made you think diabetes though? The day or two before, no, her water intake. But that that told you something, so you knew a little yes. bit about it. That's pretty much yeah. That's kind of all I exposure wise. But so the water intake I thought was was her water intake had like triple. Like it was. Did she drinks water? We know we, we um, but not the way how she I was like drinking. That. Okay. All right. So, okay, great. So you snap into action, you take her to the hospital, I imagine. And, uh, and COVID makes it a little weird, but you get in, what do the, what do you learn about her blood sugar after she's admitted? After she was admitted, because we had to kind of keep swapping in and out. I wasn't in there when her, her first diagnosis with her blood sugars. So I can't remember exactly the range. I just remember getting like she, cause she was actually the, she had to get transferred to a children's hospital mm-hmm. and which was about an hour away. So we were waiting for a transport and that's where I got the, um, uh, cause they were only letting one parent in at a time. Her mom had came out and said, she's, yeah, they, they, uh, they diagnosed her as being a diabetic. Mm-hmm. Are you guys together? No, no. we're co-parent. Okay. Um, so she was with you when you, when, it, when you figured it out, it, do you have like a time later to go back like, because of the co-parenting situation? Was your ex thinking, um, if she was your ex, I'm sorry, was she was she thinking the same thing? Did she notice stuff going on? Were you communicating it? What was that process like prior to being at the hospital? We both knew we, there, there was the, the, the weight loss and the eating more. I had not uh, yet voiced my concern. Like I said, it was that night, the night before to where like it triggered that we have to get her in. So I hadn't even made that call yet. This was like, while I was really just thinking this less than 12 hours, here we go. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But great. leading up to that, you know, we had been like, she's, you know, like I said earlier, we were kind of chalking it up as to like, she's going through, you know, her growth for being a kid. Yeah. Yeah. You just think she's stretching out, right? Yeah. Like losing, exactly. losing weight because she's getting taller. Uh, yeah. I think that's what everybody thinks. So, okay. So she was in DK. So did they keep her for a number of days? Yeah, she was in um, uh, PICU for four days. Mm, that seems about right. Now, when she comes home, does she go to her mom's or does she go to you? Um, when she got discharged, she came. We, we, we have a 50-50. So, but when she got discharged, she came home to me for, for, the, for, that, for our scheduled visit visitation. That's what I was going to say. Like, Did it yeah. happen to fall on your day? Is that how it worked out? Yeah, it happened. Her, her discharge happened to fall during my time, yes. So then how do you guys learn about this? Do you learn about it? I, mean, I don't know what your relationship's like, I guess, but are you in the same room learning about this? Are you gathering information and sharing it back and forth with each other? How does yeah, that work? We were actually in, we were both there spending the night. I think there's only one night to where we actually were not in, the, in there together, mm-hmm. um, but we were both learning it. They had us both on the same schedule, you know, That's both. Great. Crash course at the same time. Yeah, no, that's good. It really is. Because I think when the, the information gets disseminated to one person, I don't know, it's tough, right? Like, you don't know what, you don't always know what to share. And, you know, there's a lot of questions. And if you're not in the same house, when the questions arise, it might be difficult. So, it, it, and we still do that to this day, three, you know, like I said, three years into this, if there's any questions or any, like, you know, because this is, this is that thing, this is that, unfortunately, the, the thing with diabetes. It, it's every day, every second. Yeah. So there is the, you know, 
the reassurance that we, um, through co-parenting that we give each other about, you know, you, you don't, can't feel bad if, or don't be too hard on yourself. If she has a pattern to where she's kind of high or she's low, it just, it is kind of, um, winging it. We do have a good exchange communication of, okay, this is her, what her pattern was for like the last five days that she was over there or here. This is what I'm experiencing. Either she's resistant or she's sensitive, just kind of watch out type thing. Yeah. And then, you know, it's that first night, uh, like for last night, because that was was her first night home uh, for five days. And you kind of have to get used to what's been going on for the for the first couple of days. But again, it's nothing that's static because it's it's changes constantly. It really does. Exactly. Right. I mean, Dexcom G7 offers an easier way to manage diabetes without finger sticks. It is a simple CGM system that delivers real time glucose numbers to your smartphone your smartwatch, and it effortlessly allows you to see your glucose levels and where they're headed. My daughter is wearing a Dexcom G7 right now, and I can't recommend it enough. Whether you have commercial insurance, Medicare coverage, or no CGM coverage at all, Dexcom can help you. Go to my link, Dexcom.com slash juicebox, and look for that button that says get a free benefits check. That'll get you going with Dexcom. When you're there, check out the Dexcom Clarity app. Or the follow. Did you know that people can follow your Dexcom? Up to 10 people can follow you. Uh, right now I'm following my daughter, but my wife is also following her. Her roommates at school are following her. So I guess Arden's being followed right now by five people who are concerned for her health and welfare. And you can do the same thing. School nurses, your neighbor, people in your family, everyone can have access to that information if you want them to have it. Or if you're an adult and you don't want anyone to know, you don't have to share with anybody. It's completely up to you. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. And when you use my link to learn about Dexcom, you're supporting the podcast. If you take insulin or sulfonylureas, you are at risk for your blood sugar going too low. You need a safety net when it matters most. Be ready with Gvoke Hypopen. My daughter carries Gvoke Hypopen everywhere she goes because it's a ready-to-use rescue pen for treating very low blood sugar in people with diabetes ages 2 and above that I trust. Low blood sugar emergencies can happen unexpectedly, and they demand quick action. Luckily, Gvoke Hypopen can be administered in two simple steps, even by yourself in certain situations. Show those around you where you store Gvokypopen and how to use it. They need to know how to use Gvokypopen before an emergency situation happens. Learn more about why Gvokypopen is in Arden's Diabetes Toolkit at gvokeglucagon.com slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used if you have a tumor in the gland on the top of your kidneys called a pheochromocytoma, or if you have a tumor in your pancreas called an insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk for safety information. It doesn't matter what she's eating or whatever. It just, it's just, you just kind of have to adapt to it, you know, and just go with it. Was your co-parenting situation harmonious before the diagnosis? We were getting there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Has it gotten, I don't care how it was. My question is, does it, has it gotten better or worse since the diagnosis? It's gotten better, actually, because I think we had to kind of put everything aside and realize, you know, yeah. that's a team. Good for you. Seriously. And to your, you know, to your uh, 
I don't know what to call her, former partner. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she listens, so I'm sure, she, pretty sure I'll tell her when this one comes out. Yeah, well, she's hi. actually the one who told me about Juicebox. Oh, that's great. Well, I just, I'm really impressed with how you're handling it. It's just what I wanted to say. Um, but I wasn't sure if you were married or not. So I don't know if I'm saying X or if I'm saying, anyway, it doesn't matter to me. But I think it's being handled really well. It's impressive that you moved forward so well and that you've, that you've not just kept it harmonious, but made it better uh, for your daughter. It's really wonderful. Do you guys have other kids yeah. together? No. Okay, so this is the one. Now, do we have we yeah. figured out? Are there autoimmune issues on anybody's family sides? Um, not on mine. It, it, it's more, I think, on hers, but it's not. I think it's a second. It would be my daughter's second cousin. So I don't think who was also um, type one. Okay. But I think that from based on if I remember correctly from the doctors, like that's not an actual connection because. Mm. Hey, your doctor can the, say whatever he wants. Seems like a connection to me. Yeah, <laughs> it, sounds, yeah it was something like yeah. if it was not on the maternal side, I can't remember. But it was like it, maybe there was too different, uh, too far of a a distance between it with the second. Because yeah. yeah, it would be her second cousin. Does your daughter have any other autoimmune issues? Not that I'm aware of right now. No. no. <laughs> are you looking for something to knock on, Ethan? Are you like, wait a minute? No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, no, why? exactly right okay no that's terrific so what was her management like out of the hospital i'm assuming like mdi would they give her pens or needles that's a good question uh we actually were i we kind of talk about this all the time about how good of a program that we see you know some people on facebook or other groups that are who are trying to adjust and adapt so they kind of i kind of say how i kind of chuck it up is they taught us old school to where it was drawn, um, it was pins. Yeah, she was on pins. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then she didn't get her um, her CGM or go to uh, go to the pod until like six months, six plus months after. Okay, six months. Was the yeah. CGM first? The CGM was first, yes. Okay, and then she got a pump soon after? Very close, yeah. Okay. They're, they're probably pretty close on top of each other, yeah. What leads you to get those devices? Is it your doctor saying you should do this or is it you checking out, you know, what other people are doing? It was more of the research and just trying to be a, a really kind of being really realistic of having, hey, this there is this tool. You have to understand that this technology It's not going to always be 100 percent, but it does give you some peace of mind, especially with her going back to school yeah. and then being away. How are we going to have visibility on and helping her, helping her assist remotely? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. that was that was the decision to um, go with the pod and the CGM. It's a great idea, honestly. Um, okay, so she's going into high school now. You said she's playing sports. How is she making yes. out during activity? Yeah, she was she was playing volleyball uh, about a year or so or two before, maybe two before she right before diagnosis, and she. You know, she hasn't let it stop her, stop her at all. Yeah. She, I mean, this kid is, is constantly working out, trying to improve her game. Um, she just stay, doesn't, she, it's hard to get her off the court, but managing it, she does really good. There is a, like I said, that that's the other thing with having the, the ability to see uh, with the CGM and her, her, um, with her, her pump to see what's going on. But knowing Okay, you're going to go from you know one clinic or from two uh, a ninety minute to two hour practice to another 
practice. And I mean, when I say that, when I say another, sometimes there's probably 90 minutes, maybe in between. Yeah. So it's like trying to kind of carve up again. Where are you at? And, you know, I get it too. I was an athlete, you know, which you were, you're not really, probably not hungry, you know, but you kind of, you have to kind of refuel that. So that's still a learning curve, but it's gotten better, you know. Yeah. Um, but and then also during games and stuff, uh, even though with the technology, sometimes she loses connectivity and because uh, she plays a, a club ball mm-hmm. and with all the Bluetooth interference, it's, it's not pleasant sometimes because you just have to really kind of go off of her feelings of how she's looking uh, because you won't see the, you won't, it doesn't stay connected all the time. What pump so, is she using? Uh, she's using um, the, uh, the Omnipod dash. The dash. Okay. No algorithm. No, no. Okay. So, all right. So you're using the connection just to see what her blood sugar is. And do you find that volleyball is um, like an, an adrenaline thing? Does her blood sugar try to get high or does the activity bring it down? That's a great question. In the beginning, when she, like, when I say in the beginning, like I would say the first six, seven months after, like when she had her first season, it was anything was, was bringing her blood sugars out. I mean, just like, okay, you're going high. Let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, just go for a, a brisk walk for 10 to 15 minutes. So it was bringing her down. And I would say now for the, like the last two years, it's been the complete opposite with what I think when she hit her, when her hormones, her teenage hormones started coming in and everything playing a factor, yeah. it actually became more of a resistance. She doesn't go down as easily when she's in, in, um, in very heavy, um, sports okay yeah no i I was gonna say she's right at the age where i was assuming that that was happening so yeah you're gonna see it uh it changes pretty significantly yeah she's not dropping like she she, you know coming it's not you know that's not the the out anymore you know of okay you're kind of high let's go ahead and do something and get you moving or no the only time that that seems to work with activity is really kind of like throwing her in a pool swimming does it yeah yeah it makes her drop stuff yeah. yeah, that's a, I mean that's a lot of anaerobic activity. They, they yeah, but that's just really just kind of her just sitting in there. Oh, really? Oh, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe she's just chilling out and relaxing. Yeah, just chilling out and relaxing, <laughs> and then she'll she can start to drop. That's pretty good. That's interesting. Okay, so uh, let's see. How do you? You said your your can I call what 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 should I call your ex? Your sure sure you're like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How does I'll deal with it later, right? It. There's nothing to deal with. I just want to use the right <laughs> phrasing. I don't know. The lady, the th- like the the person, I don't know. How did her mom um find the podcast? Did she tell you I about it? On Facebook? Okay. I, I honestly I think it's just on social media, possibly Facebook. And it I, I'm assuming it was valuable enough to her that then she told you about it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Do you listen? I've listened to a few. I'm not an avid listener, but I have listened to to uh, to a few of them. Don't okay. ask me which ones right now because I'm not going to be able to tell you. Were they were they more management based or conversational? They were more conversational, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Okay, is her mom doing stuff with her management that she got from the podcast, and then you kind of go along with it, and it's working? So you're like, that's fine. I know it was. I I, I believe. There was one podcast where it was the, um, how was it? It was about like not being afraid of, of, of bolusine, mm-hmm. you know, not being afraid of insulin. 
Was that was that something you were struggling with? And I still, I admit, I there are some times to where I can be a little hesitant on giving her, and that's the one thing too that's good about the um, that I I personally like about the uh, the the, um, the Omni is that you know I can just increase her when she needs to be increased, or you know I'm we're not afraid to change settings any of her yeah any of the settings her basal she her basal needs to be increased or yeah okay you're you're going higher higher even suspending her i mean that's one thing you know especially with her being active depends on what range she is maybe she needs to be suspended for for a duration mm-hmm. or okay yeah she's suspended yeah okay she's going back up okay let's turn it back on so yeah there's that definitely that flexibility it is incumbent upon me ethan to tell you that if you want to suspend basal insulin you should do a temp basal decrease of 100 percent because if you suspend insulin, uh, it won't come back on. So you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you turn off basal, forget to turn it back on. Uh, so you can do a temp basal and then set it for an amount of time. And then at the end of the time, it pops back. You're up. absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what we kind of just use that jargon is suspended. Sure. But we, it, is a, it is a set temp basal that we're actually doing. 100%. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. I'm just, you know, because we're making a podcast and everything. Covering the basis. Yeah. Don't suspend your basal, people. Like. Because it won't come back on. You have to do temps, right. right? Yeah. All right. So you you like the flexibility of the insulin pump. Would you call yourself, if I had to say one of you was the main caregiver of diabetes, would it be you or her mom? I think we're actually pretty equal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You think you get you guys do, you have basically the same style of management? There is some difference to where, like, I think there's 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 a slight difference on how we address when when to over I wouldn't say over bolus but to giving extra bolus or mm-hmm. giving extra insulin. Um, like I said, I, I I'm I'm more to be a little timid of and concerned with the lows. Um, not in, in saying that she's not, but a little bit more of a uh, I would say a little bit more aggressive than I than I am when it comes to that. So there is that slight difference there. But like I said, either, but we are completely equal when it comes to making the adjustments that that our daughter needs at that time. I have to tell you, this is very interesting because I've I've recorded with people who are you know separated, divorced, whatever, co parent kids, and you listening to you talk, you are you're. It feels like you are like walking through like a field of landmines and and there were women who come on and i'm like so you know does your ex and they're like no he's an idiot i'm like oh okay (laughs) so (laughs) i know i'm generalizing but it just feels like more often the ladies are willing to be like you know direct and guys are always like no she's lovely everything's (laughs) like i'm not trying to say she would let a low blood sugar i certainly didn't mean that (laughs) that's when you made me laugh with the like, no, no, she doesn't do that. Like you corrected yourself, but I understood what you meant. Like nobody's letting your kid be low, but yeah. but your 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 ex is more aggressive, and you're more timid about it. Now, is that a personality thing, or is that something that you've had an experience with with insulin that's made you feel that way? Well, that's a good question because I've experienced her getting sick twice afterwards. And what? Well, there was one that was really bad too, where. Um, she came home from school. She had this like grayish look on her, uh, uh, when I picked her up from school and, you know, she said she was feeling fine, but I can, again, just one of those instinct things, like something was kind of off. And later that, that evening, she, um, she had an exorcism, an exorcist episode 
in the delivery room. Like, and so, yeah, I mean, projectile. Um, but <laughs> I know she's not going to be happy with me saying that, but she did. And it was having to bring her back up yeah. because she was low. And, okay. And she's not wanting to eat. So I'm on with her endo. Like, and right before she did that, I was I talked to her endo because I'm like, how do I deal with it? Because she's not wanting. I know I had to bring her up. And I did check for ketones and she had moderate ketones at the time. Oh, and I'm like, okay, I ketones means she needs insulin. She doesn't want to eat. How do I get carbs in her? You know, she's not wanting any juice. She's just being, and, and I get it. She wasn't feeling well. Yeah. So her endo had told me, oh, you guys got to keep bringing it up. And um, actually as I was on the phone with her, um, grandma came out and had said she's getting, cause I was, I think the endo had said, if she starts to, um, vomit then call her back and just watch it because that can be i mean her her ketones got large and as i was hanging up that's where i got the she's getting sick and and that was one that was really when i say she was low she was in like the 50s if i remember yeah. and trying to bring that up and then knowing i have to give her insulin so she, so she was sick she was like what we call real people sick it wasn't like she, like she had an illness of some sort and then she, by the way, when you said we had an exorcism, I was like, I'm, are these people like doing exorcisms in their house? Like, what do I have to ask about next? And then you were like, exorcist. And I was like, oh, okay, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about vomiting. Uh, so, um, but, but, but are you guys, but, but you had this experience and it was scary enough to you that it stuck. Yeah. There. Yeah. But she's not sick all the time. So what stops you from being more aggressive on days when illness isn't an issue? Because of the unknown of how fast you can possibly drop. Does that happen frequently that. or was it just over top? No, of the it's just, it's just me. That's a personality thing. That's Ethan, just, you know, Ethan, I'm going to have to leave you too. What are we doing here? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, that, that That's just me. And I, you know, that's one of the things like I, last night, I mean, I didn't get too much sleep last night because she was, she had what I would call a stubborn high and, not, uh, you know, being aggressive with giving her, I mean, I was increasing her, you know, I was increasing her, seeing how she was going to react and she right. started drug going down. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're heading, you know, her trajectory is going in the correct, the right direction. And then all of a sudden it's like, nah, uh, haha, <laughs> playing with you. I'm going back the other way. So, <laughs> yeah. How many episodes um, of something did you get through last night? Exactly. Say it again. How many episodes of your new show did you get through last night? Uh, what while you were uh, sitting up fighting with the blood sugar were you watching uh, were you watching something uh, exactly no i was just i actually i was just on social media <laughs> so i was yeah it was just kind of just strolling through social well so so you're doing that thing you you're kind of just you're nickel and diming the the high blood sugar because you don't want to cause a low and then you get a little movement but then whatever is forcing the blood sugar up is still there so you haven't overwhelmed it yet it's coming back up it's probably dinner right was there fat or protein in dinner? There was protein in dinner for sure. And that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, okay, this is dinner. And then, but she also has kind of this tendency to where around a certain time frame, uh, between like three and six to where she'll, she'll just kind of drop, you know, her blood sugars will start to go down. And, and you know, this is one kind of anticipating that happening. But then I'm going, okay, why didn't I just give her more instead of constantly increasing yeah. her. Yeah. There's two, two questions in there. Just going. Yeah. Do, so I tend to do more of the set, set uh, increasing or, or just uh, adjusting her 
her basil and mm-hmm. like increasing instead of just going, okay, what is it actually wanting me to give her? You know, it's wanting me to give her, you know, it's, it's saying it wants two units. Do I do that? Do I cut? And sometimes I kind of cut it in half because sometimes it's, because it's, again, what I'm getting at is it is a tool. It's a great tool, but it doesn't know exactly what, what was ingested. Yeah. Right. High protein. Was right. it more sugars? What, what kind of carbs was it? So it doesn't obviously know that. Yeah. So that's where I feel like you have to come in with that factor of, okay, this is what she actually had. And then it's like that. It's it's kind of help. You're helping it. It's your tool helping you, but then you have to help it too. Yeah, no, you have to, you so. have to be the one that understands the impact of the food. Um, exactly. You know, because if dinner had, you know, protein that got digested late and pushed blood sugar back up, if it had fat in it that slowed down digestion, kept the food in her stomach longer, like that's that. Like if she's getting lower every night at 3 a.m., is it possible that like, is she having a snack before bed or something that's sitting in her? Or do you think that you're um, maybe seeing growth hormone early in the evening that you're being more aggressive with and then she's getting lower later? Have you figured out what it might be? Not There's nothing to really kind of figure at that out. Like, okay, this is your certain pattern what you're exhibiting because it can also depend on what she did that day far as activities you know did yeah. she go to conditioning how many practices did she go to is she less is it more because that all also takes a uh, uh plays into it too because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like as soon as she lays down it's like she's settling so she's starting to drop you know yeah and i i kind of when we got discharged or we was getting trained there was that rule of thumb of kind of you know putting making sure her blood sugars are like 120 plus. And I actually have a, um, a, a colleague of mine who's, uh, I think she says she's type 1.5, mm-hmm. but it goes by that rule of thumb too of, you know, um, going going to sleep at, at 120 plus. And they're drifting so, down every night. Or, that again? Do you, does, does the blood sugar drift down every night or does it stay in the 120s sometimes? It, well, it can fluctuate. It does. It really, yeah. honestly, it does. She's active all night. I mean, it, there's a good pattern to where she'll stay like a hundred between maybe like 80 and a hundred, but then there's the patterns to where she'll stay between a hundred and like 140. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes leaving her high is necessary and sometimes it's not. Yeah. It sounds like I'll, like I'll leave her around 140 or maybe even like 160. Depends on the time. I always have to look at the time. Like, okay, is it it's 1030? She's 160. Do I just give her a little bit of a bump increase? And let's see what happens like around 132 a.m. Mm. Okay, it's time for an adjust again. Yeah, I guess all the activity is really the linchpin there. Trying to figure out where it's, when it's happening. Doesn't happen constantly. There's a lot of activity. It doesn't mean there's activity every day. The activity on top of different meals probably looks different later too. So mm-hmm. yeah, boy, it's, it a, does. it's a lot. It does. I, I commend you for paying attention to it. And uh, it's, um, I mean, it's hard to find patterns and stuff like that is what I was going to say. So like you have to just kind of pay attention. So you see like there's, I don't know, hints that happen along the way. Like you said, like at this certain time, if what's happening at 10 PM looks like this, then I might leave the number in one place or the other. You know what else I'm thinking? is that it really feels like, I mean, it feels like an algorithm could help her. Because if you don't have to, you know, like you're leaving it at 120 in case she falls. But if an algorithm sees her falling, it's going to take the insulin away anyway. So you might be, 
Maybe that is the situation where that would be really helpful. Have you ever thought about it? Omnipod 5? Actually, wait, hold on a second. I could actually be completely wrong. She, her, I I think there is a certain period. Yes, she is. There are, there are, I was completely incorrect. There are certain periods in her program to where it will do the adjustment as well. Well, so is she using Omnipod 5 already? Yes, she is on the five. Oh, I thought you said dash. Well, you did say dash, but it's she's on five. No, sorry, I'm sorry. She's on she's on the dash, but there is so that's where I'm. I, see, I'm excuse me for me being, being novice here, but no. Um, is yeah, she looping. There's, there's certain there's there are certain periods throughout the day when her and her it's programmed to where it will give her it will make that adjustment for. Her. Hmm. All right, hold on. We got to pick through this, Ethan, because something don't make sense. So Omnipod Dash does not have an algorithm. It won't shut off Basil automatically, turn it on. Omnipod 5 gives insulin, takes insulin away as it's trying to keep you in a range. And Omnipod 5 would be, I'm trying to think of how you could differentiate the two. Well, it doesn't shut off, but I know that there's there's a certain point to where it will give her an increase if it needs to when I've programmed it. Hmm. It'll give her an increase. Let me let me see where I think you're just not using the words that I'm expecting to hear. But I'm just there's some like you mean you've done like a temp basal increase? No, hold on a second. Take your time. So okay, yeah, we're probably just not using the same. So she has it what's how I'm seeing this is it's a target um target uh target BG and correct above. So if she is 90 and above, it says it will correct. And that's turned on. It's called her bolus calculator. That's it's the bolus on. calculator. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, you're just using like different language than I expected. I'm sorry. Um, so in her settings on her dash, there's a the bolus calculator either gives you insulin or doesn't give you insulin based on the target you have set. So for instance, if your target is 110, but you're 90 and you open it up, it's not going to say, give us, give yourself more insulin. If you're 120, it might ask for more insulin, depending on how much insulin's on board. Uh, but that's, right. that's not an algorithm. What I was talking about is okay. like, yeah, Omnipod 5 would actually, it would make boluses and take basil away and add basil and stuff like that on its own. Like literally, like a, it would, it would give and take away insulin to try to keep her in a range. There's an episode. Okay. There's episodes about it. You should check them out and see what you think. Um, but that might help, like an actual algorithm making a decision about insulin completely on its own. The way I thought about it for her was instead of putting her to bed at 120 because you think she's going to drift down, you don't worry about that, and the algorithm will just take away her her insulin to try to keep her at a at a stable number. So. I don't know. It's 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 worth looking into. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think we have it scoped for anytime soon to move over to the five. So I haven't done. I'll be honest. I haven't done yeah, too much. I haven't done my due diligence on on that actual product yet. Yeah, I wouldn't look into anything I wasn't thinking of getting. I was just saying. I like as you're describing the overnights. I thought, wait, algorithms are maybe the best overnight because there's no extra food. Right. You're not eating. And they do mm-hmm. they do a really good job um, sleeping overnight. Arden uses um, she's using Loop Three right now, but her overnight is like 
it last night was so incredibly stable. Like it's hard to put into words how stable it was. It's pretty awesome, actually. It, yeah, take a look when you get a chance. If you know, it's, I'm not saying run out and do it or anything like that, or they even have to, but it's worth understanding for sure. Absolutely. How? Um, that. No, of course. How is your conversations with your daughter about diabetes? Like, how do you think she thinks about it, and what is it as a parent you're considering when you're talking to her? There was definitely the, at the beginning the adjustment. She's she is she's my inspiration to be honest with you. I mean, I I could imagine this happening to me at, at her age and having to deal with it and going to school. But try to keep an open dialogue. Um, there's definitely the the good days and bad days or good weeks and bad weeks. She's coming along great with um with understanding the management, she surprises me sometimes. Like she's like, okay, this is on bullets on myself. I'm like, dang, you, you landed great. You mean, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, like, okay. You know, and then you, there's a, 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 the occasional questions like, okay, this is what I'm going to have. What do you think I should do? And, right. you know, we, we figure it out, but she is, she has, she, like I said, she is my inspiration. I tell her that all the time. Mm. Does she mind that her friends know? Her friends, she has a good supporting cast of friends. There is the occasional um, dismissive. I, well, she just wants to 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 blend, but I always tell you know her, her mom. You know she's she's special, but her she's she had to get used to that, you know, and realize that she has to let those in her circle understand understand what's going on with her okay and uh, you know one of the things too and i explained it to her i said it's it's some very similar to someone who has a peanut allergy you know you're out with your friends and you don't want to hand them a stickers bar you know because they're going to react to that or someone who has any other type of of reaction you're going to want to know you're going to need to know your your circle is going to need need to understand that yeah so yeah i mean her circle is is a uh, is very supportive that she has, and exactly. that's I commend them too for you know for for being as young as they are and and supporting their friend out. Yeah. So while she wants to not think about it at times, she's not hiding it from anybody. No, no. I mean, <laughs> she's probably gonna get me for this one. She was just telling me. Uh, she, I think this was in seventh in seventh grade. To her. We were talking about the alerts. Oh, because I was I was writing a program actually, and I had said, oh, "I see, I see what your settings are." And what I mean by the settings is her phone alerting her. Mm-hmm. And she was just telling me yesterday that at one point her alert had went off, and she kind of chalked it up as it was an Amber alert. She let the teacher think it was an Amber alert there for a second. So <laughs> beep beep. Uh oh. There's a kid. Yeah. There's a kid in a Volkswagen we're supposed to be looking for. Does she just didn't right. want people to think that? Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like, I, I, nobody wants to be signaled out like by anything. It, it's already kind of a challenge, you know. Middle school, yeah. sorry, difficult as it can is at you know that let you know let alone and then mm. adding something else on top of it into where you're you, you have these little side. I call them my cyborg sometimes too because you know gadgets yeah. on her. People seeing seeing it and her having to adjust to that. So she's we've we've got through that period, I think, um, to where she's more, she's more open about it now. And especially, like I said, with her being being um, in sports, she 
had to be very open about, Hey, this is what's going to happen with me. Yeah. Or yeah. With her coaches and her teammates. I think it's a, it's a process obviously, but it's a a delicate age, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old girls. Right. And she's, you know, finding her way through it. It sounds impressive that she's figuring out how to manage it. Um, that, you know, her friends know about it. That's terrific. Does she hide her devices? I mean, like, I, I don't mean like, what do I mean? I was in a no. Stop. I get what you're. I get yeah, what you're yeah. saying. In the beginning, it was there was some some don't want to bring attention to it. Let's just say it that way. Mm-hmm. But now she's she's uh she's getting comfortable. She's gotten comfortable with it. She has good for her. That's excellent. Yeah, and she there's more to get comfortable. But she's you know it's and like we she was just at camp last week at another volleyball camp, and there happened to be another. Um, another player who was T1 and you were able to see the device. So, you know, we've seen that when, as we're traveling around in, in her, her world of volleyball, mm-hmm. um, there are some, so it's like, yeah, see that they're sporting it, you know, yeah. rocket. It's you. I saw a woman wearing a. I don't think this is FDA approved, but I saw a woman wearing her G6 on her forearm, the top of her forearm yesterday. And I was like, wow, that's like, was right there. You know, I thought that was, kind of cool that i asked her about it i was like hey do you wear the g6 there often she goes and she started telling me the other places she wears it she's like yeah sometimes she's like i get good readings here i was like no kidding cool yeah i seen one that posted a picture to where she had it like on her between her shoulder blades like right below her neck oh yeah yeah Yeah. and i'm like that does not look comfortable whatsoever (laughs) but but it works right um, oh yeah she said she got really good she gets her, her best readings there I always think, like, how does she lay down and not get a compression load? <laughs> hey, how <laughs> tall is your daughter exactly? Are we going to make some college money off this uh, volleyball thing or what? That's the goal, right? <laughs> uh, she is, she just went to the doctors a few a few days ago. She's five, eight and a half. Oh. Oh, how tall are you? Not that tall. How about her mom? Not that tall. Oh, you think five, eight might be, okay, five, eight's tall for a, a younger yeah she's definitely in the in the setters range for sure so oh, yeah nice. she's been playing for a few like she's been playing travel i think this is going into her third season now she's been playing for a while she's double champion back-to-back champion um in her middle school does she want to play in college does she want to go to college yes yeah she we actually uh last saturday saturday yeah or two weeks ago she went to a program to meet with um uh, it was a one day, but you meet with college recruits. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of thought maybe it was going to be because she's only going into she'll be entering high school here in like two weeks, actually. Dang, yeah. Two weeks. Um, thought that maybe it was too soon, but uh, just went for it. And it was surprised. I was surprised with how many other players that are in her graduating class in 2027 that were there hmm. and yeah. ready to go. Cole's, my son started. um I think he started talking to college coaches maybe when he was 15 closer to 16 that 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 summer and it felt like i mean it was enough for them to like see you and say like oh you're athletic or you definitely look like a baseball player or something like that you should come back next year and then when he was 16 that's when it was like it was intense for a while um uh, there's a lot of like do you, how do you do it in in volleyball though like in in baseball you show up and play in like you know tournaments for recruits do they show up and play volleyball together how do they do that 
Yeah, uh, for that one, for that specific specific, uh, specific program, there were, I think there was like eight different universities that showed up and then they just broke them down into uh, teams based off of, actually, I really don't even know. That's I think it was kind of like at random. And then, but, but what you, you're actually signing up on the preferred position, top two positions that you play. Okay. And then, um, and then each coach, you're like spending, you're spending X amount of time with each university recruit, uh, recruiter there. And they're teaching you based off your skill level on how they would actually teach their, in their program. And then they get split up for the, for the rest of the peer class, like five hours to where they're actually playing that with that coach and then playing against the other, other, uh, the other universities and their teams. Hmm. So they're small teams. You have to so, pay for this or is it free? It is what what's free around here? Oh, you're in California, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You start charging you for air. <laughs> exactly. They, uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I the things that Cole did, generally speaking, were not free, but they were, yeah, they were they weren't overtly expensive. They, I think it it felt like you were paying like helping pay the coaches for their time. Basically, is what it is what it felt like. I think it's kind of how they make a. Some of those like assistant coaches make a little bit of their income that way. It's not, you know, some of them are not making a ton of money to coach in their colleges. So exactly, yeah. some of them are you know this is like their their second either job, their second and, job. Yeah. exactly. So, um, but that's a lot of it with travel too, I believe. Um, yeah, having to pay for their for that that expense. But yeah, this was not a free um, program. She actually enjoyed it. There was a lot a lot of feedback. And then being being told or they were told to where if you're going into your freshman year, your first year, it's it is that summer, like you were just saying that 15, 16 to where that's where the tape's gonna start coming in, that's where the conversations are gonna be. Like you can make you can reach out, but you're probably just gonna get that thank you for reaching yeah. out. You're but still that, young. That, Cause I don't think they can actually legally talk to you until you're a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, the best software. the best thing I can tell you is that if there's two things you can do, you have to be a real honest assessor of of her and mm-hmm. take a lot of video. Those are really the things you can do. So you, I spent a lot of my time pointing a camera at my son until a baseball came to him <laughs> and then editing out a lot of dead stuff and, you know, in the video. But in the end, he was able to. I think he got as much interest through video that we made as he did through being in person. So like you start sending them videos and saying like, Hey, look, I'm going to be at this thing this weekend. Can I come say hello? And then they'll watch your video. And if they like it, they'll say, yeah, come find me. That's how it kind of worked there. Um, It was baseball. It was a little, it was, I mean, I don't know how different it is really. You're trying to get somebody to notice you in a sea full of people doing the same thing. So exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. That's the, there's different programs that I seen to where you can actually do a, you know, what tournament you're going to be at and they'll, you know, whoever you're reaching out to, you just kind of like send them a note. I will be at this. And then they'll, they'll actually, if they're interested, cause they did explain this, they will find you on the court. They'll figure out what court, or you can just say, Hey, I'll be at this tournament. I'll be on this court. This is what time. This is my position, and then they said they'll, they'll you know, they yeah. engage that way. I mean, I, I they say that. I would say that it's more your job to get yourself in front of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's uh, because they can't be everywhere all at once, and yeah. they might 
I mean, listen, you could, I, I remember a day where, um, where Cole made this like incredible catch in center field and he followed up with like this insane throw and nobody was there. And then the next day people showed up and the ball like just never once came to him. And that was it. Like he just was standing out there. So but you I, had tape of him though, right? But I had the video. So after the weekend was over, you, you know, you sent out a, he sends an email to those guys and says, Hey coach, you, you know, I noticed you weren't at the game where, you know, this happened, blah, blah, blah. But here's me doing this and this. And, and that kind of stuff really helped him. By the time Cole was rolling, he had a good 15 or 18 colleges interested in him. Like once he really got it moving, but we did that a lot with video. Honestly, it was a lot of, it was a lot of effort on our side. Um, yeah. You know, because they all show up to see the same stuff. And, you know, I, I, I watched Cole play in a game once in Florida, maybe where there were no lie, 40 college coaches at the game they played in. So they brought, no. they brought our kids in basically to be sacrificial lambs against this like, like national team, like, like a baseball team made up of kids from all over the country. And the pitcher was in, thrown in the 90s, and they were only like 16 or 17 years old. So there were like 40 coaches standing behind home plate with radar guns trying to see how hard this kid could throw. Now, he could not locate a fastball to save his life, but they did not care. They loved him. He, he couldn't throw strikes. He was ineffective. Our team was beating them handily. And even though our team showed up and beat this collection of like studs, they didn't pay attention to one kid on our side. They paid attention to the kid who threw the ball really hard, even though he couldn't throw a strike. It's interesting what they get enamored with is what I'm saying. Oh. So, so you need to bring, you need to remind them sometimes. You also need a person to do this, not just the guy who throws 90 miles an hour. And, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I don't know. It, it, if she really wants to do it and she's a good student, I guarantee she'll an have excellent success. student. Yeah, good I don't for know her. Where she gets that from, but an excellent student. Well, that that's a big deal. I mean, and we did save eh, a lot of money off of college. I don't even want to say how much, but it was a lot. So, you know, it does. It can help if you if you get in the right situation. Yeah, that's definitely definitely her her goal is to play college ball. They were talking about, you know, scholarships and, you know, what's the possibility. And obviously it all depends on, from, it changes from, you know, your D1 private to D1 public and sure. D3. So that's, it's all, you know, that's, that fluctuates. Right. But yeah, but that's absolutely her goal. And I always told her when she started that I will support her. However, whatever that means that, you know, she's, this is what she wants. I, I mean, I, I, I was an athlete. I played, I, play, I played basketball um, when I was in high school and stuff. And I only played Juku one mm -hmm. year. And what reason why I ended up playing Juku, I know we're kind of going off topic here, no, but the reason why I played, I played Juku is I didn't have that tape. When I was actually talking to a university and um, had asked me, hey, can you send me over tape? I'm like, What's that? Yeah, how am I yeah. doing that? <laughs> who's, who's and you know, he's like the coach, parents, I'm like, no, that didn't happen. So I got actually got invited for a one day. It was like a one day showcase mm -hmm. to play. And I remember when I came out during the during the game, I got asked if I was actually the MVP of my team. And I'm like, no, actually I sat on the pond. 
<laughs> you know, but uh, what where I'm getting at with the tape is that's something that stood with me because I realized that that I only had this one shot, and I, 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 I that was the best that best I've ever played. I don't even know where that came from. To tell you the honest truth, <laughs> like I was channeling something else. Um, but the tape when I had heard the no, I don't have this. Yeah, and like it, that hesitation on the other end of the phone. So, yeah, when uh, when we when my daughter started really talking about this, I'm like, I will make sure that you have tape. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, good, good for you. It's uh it's nice. And actually, now that my son's out of college and doesn't play baseball anymore, like still once in a while, like in my, you know, in my pictures, I'll pop up and see him, like in a photo, standing on a field or playing or something like that. The other day, I watched him hit his like last college home run in a video um like stuff like that it's nice you know so you know, I, you guys will have a good time plus i i'll tell you uh it's a ton of good time spent in the car like the driving to and from games and stuff like that is um i, I don't know I, I remember it very fondly so yeah there's been we've we've done a lot of travel i mean we went to uh salt lake uh city uh this this last season up to Washington. So, you know, it's the, the travel as expensive as it can be. Mm. It definitely has the memories. Yeah. Expensive memories. Yeah. So try not to think that. about what the hotel room costs. Just try to remember the lovely conversation right? you had in the car. <laughs> oh my God. And it's whether they're doing good or bad. You're like going, what? what? Okay. Oh yeah. 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 There's nothing like flying somewhere to lose. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Experienced a couple of those so far. And it's like, Oh man. But, but that's why also when you're collecting video, you can still play well in a situation where the team does not do well. And you still might have something to share at that point. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And now there's definitely that. Then there's also the, the character building, even though she's not going to like it when I say that. But to overcome that adversity, you know, that adversity that you're going up against to kind of keep thriving and pushing each other. That's that goes a long, a long way, in my mm. opinion. Oh, yeah. Because of what is being you know, there's no giving up. You're fighting as long as you guys are fighting together, you know, and trying to bring the, the morale up as a team. That there is to me, that's the big takeaway. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, Ethan, um, most of these like most of those girls aren't going to end up playing volleyball in the Olympics. You know what I mean? So exactly. The, you're going to. But try- this is something that's definitely going to carry over into the work into your real life. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Like, I think the more the most successful kids I know now in their early twenties were the kids who lost at baseball more like the kids who were super successful. Like, I don't know what they took from it. They won baseball games, but they didn't have a ton of life lessons at all. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so then you you get in the real world. Like, I don't know how valuable it is to be like, I can hit a baseball. Like, good for you. That doesn't help me at your job. Uh, You know, like maybe the, I work out hard or I'm consistent. Like that stuff's all valuable. But I mean, the losing's far more valuable than the winning, mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, it's just like, how do you overcome this? And you have to figure out how to overcome this together because something can happen at work or something can happen in personal life. And, you know, in her family, like you have to figure out how to communicate and overcome it. And it's challenging. You might not be in that headspace because you're upset, you're frustrated, you're playing bad, your teammates playing bad. But how do you support? And that's why I keep instilling, like, how you have to figure out how to support that. Yeah, we're going to do this again tomorrow. This went terribly. 
And we're going to get up tomorrow and do it again. I always say short-term amnesia. Yeah. You know, short-term amnesia. Just keep going out there. Yeah. You know, just keep going. Get the next one. Get the next one. Get perfect, the next one. Perfect life lesson. Honestly, it's the way you have to take care of diabetes, too. You can't, exactly. You can't have a bad... Now, Ethan, now I finally have brought this all the way around to you being scared from the one time your kid was sick. Don't you have to forget that and move on? Yeah, I, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> Took me a while, Ethan, but I, I did get to it. Honestly, I thought I was going to get it done 10 minutes ago, and then we, we went off track a little bit. But yeah, but ser- seriously, that, you know, sports, life, diabetes, it's all it's all the same, really. You just, you know, you got to get back at it. So I don't know. I don't want you leaving your kid's blood sugar 160, 120 overnight if it doesn't need to be. Um, because no, you're, absolutely. Like I said, yeah. I'm all, I'm always adjusting that and seeing what she's gonna do. I don't yeah. I don't want her being up there too. I don't know if she feels she's feeling bad either. But you know, um, and but yeah, no, I, I I do have to figure out how to. I mean, for one, the one thing is she is she's kind of like in in the middle of me and her mom. Like she'll be more okay. This is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and be a little more aggressive, which is good for her because that at the end of the day, in a, in a few years when she does go off to college. We'll still be watching from afar because who knows where she'll be at. Yeah. And it's going to be completely on her. So that's more, even though I might be hesitant and reserved, at least she's not. Well, you'll grow with it too. I mean, you're not going to be the person you are right now for, for the whole time. I also think for you, for your sanity and your sleep, if you could make one more slightly aggressive bolus at night instead of like little ones, little ones, little ones and sitting up for hours, that'd be better for you, which would be better for her. You know, like you could actually like knock a number down and get some sleep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't want you sitting up all night, man. That, that The no sleep thing, I'll tell you from my experience, the no sleep thing in the beginning, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is what needs to be done and I can do it. But I'm just going to tell you that after a while, it's untenable and you just you can't keep it going anymore. And now you're just going to not know how to handle the high blood sugar overnight and you're going to pass out and be asleep. A lack of sleep has such a horrible impact on a person. And it it's very um, incremental the way it comes over you. So you don't notice it happening. Just one day you're exhausted and yeah. that's your new normal. And that sucks. So anyway. I don't want that for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Ethan, I, you were terrific, man. Is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have? No, this is actually great. I mean, this is actually my first podcast doing this. So no, you were terrific. Man. Thank you for the experience. Of course. No, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you wanting to do it. I appreciate your ex making you do it. Why did she want you to do it? No, actually, I just, I just recently told her about it because it popped up saying, hey, yeah, I'm doing this podcast, by the way. Oh, so she didn't know. You reached out. Yeah, I reached out. I had seen it on Facebook. Nice. Good for you. You enjoyed it? You enjoyed doing this? Yeah, absolutely. How come your headset sounds so good? You have like gamer headset? No, actually, um, from for I just conducted my first interview as a podcast um, host last week. So I do what I do for um, I'm into technical marketing. Okay. So yeah, I create content videos and stuff like that. So that's why. Oh, no kidding. Good for you. Oh, that's excellent. Well, you sound terrific. So you're off to a good start there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hold on one second for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Thanks. A huge thanks to Dexcom for supporting the podcast and for sponsoring this episode. Dexcom.com slash juicebox. Go get yourself a Dexcom G7 right now using my link. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, 
Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. If you're looking for community around type 1 diabetes, check out the Juice Box Podcast private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But everybody is welcome. Type 1, type 2, gestational, loved ones, it doesn't matter to me. If you're impacted by diabetes and you're looking for support, comfort, or community, check out Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. The episode you just heard was professionally edited by Wrong Way Recording. WrongWayRecording.com.